This is Tales of Swordfall. Episode 29, Whetstone. Because of Ash's alarm spell, the party can now sleep without fear of getting ambushed. Everyone give me a wisdom save, just for giggles. And rolling hot tonight. <laughs> okay. Whee. So, Ash, you start to dream. Yes. <laughs> what is a good dream? Like, just a generally good dream to have? Um. I think Ash would be having a dream about probably the time when he was doing his uh like training for the military and uh hanging out with his then uh like significant other and just like uh maybe taking a picnic or something. So you're kind of in this idealistic picnic with this uh past lover and she's looking yeah. you in the eyes and you know it's it's really nice and you two are about to close in for a kiss nice and then you suddenly hear this metallic clank and oh. chains and you see that she has a slave collar on her and she's being dragged away from you oh bad <laughs> what, what what do you do in this dream uh run over and like try to like get the chains off like, somehow okay uh give me attack uh with like a weapon or yeah any weapon or anything you want to all right Uh, you seem to hit the chain, but every time you hit the chain, it starts turning into more chains and starts wrapping around this former lover. And it's pulling her into, like, this thick, dark fog. Oh... I don't even... You could wake up at any time, by the way. Okay. I think Ash will wake up, but, like, in the dream is, like, screaming, like, no, no. And kind of a residual, like, as they wake up, like, kind of yells, no. Great. Yeah. Wow, that was... <laughs> Dang, Paul. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh. 
Hey, Nilgis. Yeah? What's a good dream for you? <laughs> Uh, you know, winning, you know, some really good gambling game with all of his buddies, getting promoted to that position, you know, that his rival would have gotten instead. Did you get that? Yes, I got that. Sorry. Okay, I was, sorry. I was just in thought for a moment. <sighs> so, yeah, you are winning. Uh, give me a 1d4. 5,000! Okay. Yeah, uh, you start winning big, people just start throwing coins at Nilkus. I mean, it's literally raining coins. Okay. And it's literally raining coins now, and pelting, starting to pelt your character. Give me a dexterity saving throw. Oh my gosh. You're dodging them really well. Like, even though all this money's coming your way, it's landing at your feet. It's it's pretty good for you right now. That's good. And everybody's cheering and, you know, toasting you. And uh, just, it seems to be like an overflow of alcohol everywhere. It's like pouring yeah. out of just large... Uh, kegs and these uh coins are just flying to you and you notice that like this whatever room you're in is starting to slowly fill up with the alcohol that everybody's drinking oh am i like being drowned alive M maybe oh my gosh is uh, would that be like if he gets starts to get freaked out? I'd say that is when he would wake up. I don't know if you're. Yeah, that's totally okay. fine. Yeah, he's gonna be wake up like startled and freaked out. And Norik, what is a good dream? Uh, you know. Nork, uh, he, he falls asleep, and, uh, at first it's just kind of silent and quiet and dark, but not scary dark, you know? It's just, yeah. It's just a peaceful silence, and then slowly fades into, um, into just... Um, what was it? It's sort of a, a a town that looks kind of like Love Oak. Cool. Yeah, like farmland and yeah, farmland nice, and always uh, spring like. And there's a big tree in the middle, and um, and he sees Gavin <laughs> standing next to him, and and he's uh, looking up at Gavin and. Gavin looks down at him and says, Hey, Norik. Hey, uh, I think I, I think I found a squirrel. I and think. indeed, there is a squirrel up there looking very happy. And, uh, and, and Norik says, Oh, that's, that's good. You, you finally found the squirrel. 
day. <laughs> Norik looks up at the squirrel, and Gavin's looking up at the squirrel, and they're both just standing there, looking up at the squirrel, chewing at some nut or something. And you feel a touch on your shoulder. Mm hmm. Norik looks towards where the touch came from. It's that elf lady again. Nork's <laughs> sort of calm face changes to a look of surprise. And he says, Herberta? Or whatever your name is? Is that you? Yes, it's, it's me. This is a lovely dream. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. And she just sits right next to you and watches the squirrel with you. And, uh, yeah. Nork sits there and, uh, I guess lays back. We'll say it's a grassy ground now. It's a dream. You know, mm -hmm. it could change from dirt to grass any any moment. So it's grassy now, and he's just laying back on the grass, looking up, watching the tree branches, the squirrel, the clouds go by. Yeah, and uh, she's just hanging out with you and chilling. And that's basically your dream. Yeah, Nark's going to sleep for a long time. Yep. And Herbert is going to hang out with you for a long while. <laughs> and he's not even going to wake up when, when um, you know, other people shout from waking up from their dreams. <laughs> he's just out cold. And let's see. We'll save Ran for last. Oh boy. Uh, Tirker, you have visions while you uh meditate, right? I hope so. <laughs> what is a good quote quote vision for Tirker? Oh, well, there's lots of good visions for Tirker. Um, but honestly, if we're just out in the forest and it's quiet, um, aside from forest sounds, it would just, just kind of immersing himself in the surroundings. And if he was meditating, kind of exploring around it, just soaking in the forest. Cool. The forest seems pretty calm. Um, you can tell there are parts of it that extend far away that's probably closer to uh, Longborough that seems disturbed, but not fully destroyed. Mm -hmm. um, but this, everything's telling you that winter is coming. You can literally hear and feel the frost come in. And but it's it's not like a terrifying thing. It's it's um it's more or less an acceptance of a cycle and mm. the calm of something happening which should always happen. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. To do good. So he's just going to bask in that 
and listen to the weighing of the trees and imagine which trees would make the best beams for boats. <laughs> and you can tell the trees don't appreciate that. Oh, no. Like, you literally get the sense that they might be reading your mind. And he would try and foolishly argue with the trees, like, no, it's a compliment, I swear. <laughs> no, I mean, you, the way you sway in the wind, it would have, it'd be a, you'd be an excellent bow. I, oh, I was just imagining, I'm not actually going to pull out my tools. And uh, you gain acceptance from the forest. And you can feel somewhere after you give this like slight argument that it's more of an appreciation than like coming in and just taking it over. You feel yeah. uh, something within the nearby forest somewhere sp fall specifically for you. Hmm. That's interesting. Hello? Get a big burst of hello! <laughs> Can you read my mind? Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably literally what it says. Of course not. You're silly. Um. Hmm. Is it on to Rianne or still Tricker? If you want to poke at it more, sure, but you might not want to poke at it more. <laughs> no, I think he's going to stop while he's ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ryan, you're asleep. Tell me about mm -hmm. the best dream possible. So, Ryan's dream, I'd imagine, would be her... She's coming... It's pouring down outside. She's opening the door in this big, nice, like, cottage house. And this is her house, so she's just walking in, getting cozy, sitting by the fire, and just kind of drying off, getting comfortable, and yeah. And after a few minutes, you know, things calm down. The rain is still pounding hard uh you know but you feel safe inside this cottage it it feels like nothing can harm you and then you mm -hmm. hear a knock at the door brain gets up and she's just thinking i wonder who it is so she slowly opens the door and the other on the other side is a woman. Uh, she is dressed up finely. Um, despite all the rain and weather, her hair is not must at all. It's it almost perfect, except you know there's a few little like pieces of pieces of hair like she has been traveling, but definitely not in the weather that you uh, see outside. And um, yeah, she looks at you. As you answer the door. Can I help you, ma'am? She gives you this odd look and then just embraces you. Uh, 
Can I help you? Uh, why? Her, who? Her embrace just becomes a little tighter. And the hug doesn't feel so odd. Like, once, once she does a, a little bit tighter, just happy feelings come into your head, and you feel like this is almost right. But there's still something a little off about this. Do I know you, ma'am? And, uh, sweetly and quietly, she whispers into your ear, I'm your mother. Brian's eyes just kind of widen up, like, wait, what? And as the, like, news sinks into your mind, you find yourself on one of the probably many plush couches. Um, there is a fireplace behind you crackling. There's tea out. It's warm. It's nice. You know, everything that just says comfort is now in this room. And she's sitting on the opposite end. You know, you're probably at one end and she's at the other end or arm of the couch. And uh, she first serves you and then serves herself and starts sipping on some of the tea. And I didn't say this, but could you describe her? Um, she is tall. She looks like a human. She has brown hair. She has a uh, kind of fancy dress on. It's it's a little outdated, but it's it's fancy. Um, she has just these amazing, almost hypnotic blue eyes, and she smells like home, whatever that's supposed to mean. So after sipping some tea, she just kind of stares at her and she's like, what happened to you? She looks a little confused. What, what do you mean? Well, this is only the first time I've seen you in who knows how long? Uh, she blushes. She's a little embarrassed. And she sets down the uh, teacup on the saucer and looks you straight in the eyes. I didn't mean to abandon you. I had no choice. I didn't mean to give you up or let you down at any time, but... I still want you to know that I love you. Moran just kind of clanks the um, tea down haphazardly a little, not enough to break it, but just enough to like make a statement. And she's looking a little mad right now, and she's like, do you have any idea how many times I thought I was going to die out there just from starvation alone? But I knew you wouldn't. I knew you could survive. I was a kid. 
And she nods. And you didn't exactly drop me off at the best place. I was in the slums, for Pete's sake. You couldn't have dropped me off at some, what, orphanage or something like that? Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. But I'm here now. And why is that? You're sure taking your sweet, precious time. She... Puckers her lips a little and just... And puts her finger up to her lips. And the whole room does go quiet for a moment. Nothing moves. Like, if you have a clock in there, it totally stops pendulum and all. And you realize the only thing you could hear in this room is the crackling fire behind you. And then from what seems to be from under the earth, a rumbling laughter starts to happen. Ryan just kind of hurt hair start to stick up on the back of her neck and she slowly turns to that noise wherever she imagines it is and as Ran turns or as you turn you see the world around you change the house suddenly becoming bare beans and ash the world around you on fire, and there's that town again. It's like you're standing in one of the gutted houses, and the the town is in front of you, burnt down, collapsed. And as the laughter gr grows, you notice that a figure is rising out of the ashes, almost climbing and clawing her way out, and it's this woman who's claiming to be your mother again. But she looks like as she did before in the previous stream. Deranged, crazy, wild eye, her, her hair just in a mess. And it looks like she's searching for something, but not like a person, more like a wild animal. And her head almost unnaturally turns towards you and she looks you looks you straight in the eye almost straight into your soul and just whispers i found you at this point Rayanne's just staring in horror and she's kind of just tears are running down her face and she's like what do you want haven't you taken enough from me and she points at you and starts moving, almost like she's undead toward you. And you can feel this wash of both sadness and fear come over you. Do you wake up at this point? Yes. Thank you for listening to Tales of Sorkle. 
Please consider listening to these podcasts. A long, long time ago, in a land far away named Phylor, there were four legendary adventurers. We are the Adventurous Four, renowned across the land. Using their cunning and strength, the party defeats many monsters and saves many lives. Nick takes a fairy blade and stabs it into his other eyeball. Oh, oh my god! Gosh! Can, can Hugo jump on my back? Do I cast Expeditious Retreat? Yeah. Uh, can Bob roll a d20 for me? I don't like that. I, I don't like how you ask that. D20 business. What if I rolled a one? What if I told you I would just rolled a one? Come and join us weekly at How the Quest Was Won. Found anywhere where podcasts are located. Purchase not necessary. No real magic was used in the making of this podcast. Please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe.